Welcome to Everyday Health Simplified. I'm Elisa Poole, ex-teacher turned health enthusiast. Each episode, you get bite-sized pieces of nutrition and mindset education so that you can be empowered to take the next step on your wellness journey. Which parts of your body do you appreciate most? You know what I mean. Some people like their eyes or their feet. Other people hate their arms or their cankles. You know what cankles are, right? The calf meeting the ankle with no separation. Or maybe it's the teeth or the hands. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that most of us are not appreciating our body fat. Am I right? <laughs> but what if our body fat was actually amazing and did all these super crazy things we never knew about? What if our problem was not that we had fat on our bodies, but that we live in a culture that glorifies body types with less fat over ones that have more fat? Spoiler alert, we do. What if we actually became friends with fat? What if our fat was so important to our health that when we get rid of it, our body brings it back? What if fat's heart song to you was none other than Al Green's Let's Let's stay together, loving you whether times are good or bad or happy or sad. Because I kind of think that's what your fat is singing to you. I recently read The Secret Life of Fat by Dr. Sylvia Tara. And let me tell you, it gave me a whole new perspective on fat. Fat is fascinating. After reading it, I have a newfound respect for fat and for having the right amount of fat. We don't want to have too little fat because that's detrimental to our health. We also don't want to have too much. That also is harmful to our health. We kind of have to Goldilocks it and find the right amount of fat for us. And guess what? There's a range of healthy fat that optimizes our physical, mental, and emotional health. Humans come in many different shapes and sizes. And so it's on us to figure out how all of those shapes and sizes can be healthy and well, not just a couple of them. So today's episode is going to give you insights into why fat can be so hard to lose, why you experience plateaus, and why most people gain it back. And next week, we'll talk about how to work with fat instead of against it. But before we can do that, there are 10 facts about your fat that you need to know. And there will be a quiz at the end. Just kidding. Fact number one, your fat is actually an organ. It is not a useless, blubbery thing on your body. It's an organ, just like your brain, your heart, your lungs, or any other organ. And as such, it has multiple functions in your body. Fat is actually part of your endocrine system, meaning it's part of your hormonal system. You cannot get rid of your fat. As part of your endocrine system, your fat cells have receptors for multiple hormones, including insulin, adrenaline, thyroid, growth hormone, estrogen, testosterone, and progesterone. It listens and talks to those hormones. Not only does your fat communicate with those hormones, it actually makes seven hormones that are very important for you and your health. The two most important ones are leptin and adiponectin. Adiponectin is vital for healthy fat distribution. It's what keeps your blood clean. Its job is to guide glucose and fat molecules out of your blood into your subcutaneous fat. And as fat accumulates, however, adiponectin levels drop, so it becomes less efficient at its job. 
The other hormone that fat produces is very important, and it's called leptin. The amount of leptin that is released depends on the amount of fat on your body. What does it do? Many things. What leptin is mainly known for is being our satiety hormone, the hormone that reduces our appetite, that makes us feel full, and that helps us stop eating. Isn't that wild? Your fat creates the hormone that tells you to stop eating. How ironic is that? However, leptin resistance can occur when people are overweight, which means the brain becomes desensitized to it, which obviously is unhelpful. As you can imagine, leptin is involved highly in our metabolism, so we want a healthy amount of fat to keep it running smoothly. We'll talk more about this next week, but one quick sneak peek is to make sure you're getting seven hours of sleep a night. You can start that tonight. Leptin has several other important functions other than our metabolism too. It enhances the size and function of our brain. If you have too little leptin, your risk of dementia increases. But if you have too much leptin, your risk also goes up. Leptin is also critical for both males and females because it's what turns on puberty, both physically and psychologically. It signals that there is enough nourishment for viable pregnancies and also enough to create breast milk. There are other issues your leptin is connected to, but for the sake of time, we're gonna keep on moving. I mean, learning how critical your body fat is to your hormones has your fat already singing to you, what you want, baby, I got it, what you need, you know I got it, all I'm asking is for a little respect when you come home, yeah, baby. We gotta start respecting our fat. Fat fact number two. There are several different kinds of fat. Two you might already be familiar with. Subcutaneous fat, the fat under your skin, and visceral fat, the kind that accumulates behind our stomach wall and surrounds our internal organs. We want to avoid that kind of damaging fat. There is also white fat, which is the kind that stores energy. Fat cells can expand their volume by greater than 1,000 times, and fat cells can actually make new fat cells. When people talk about losing fat, this white fat and visceral fat are the kind they're usually referring to. Brown fat is the kind that burns energy for heat, which is great. We all want fat that burns calories, right? That kind is typically found in our necks and our back. And then there is beige fat, which actually can be converted to either brown or white fat, depending on what we do with our lifestyles. Again, we'll touch base on that next week. Fact number three, fat is influenced by your sex hormones and cortisol. There is a reason that men and women have stereotypical body types. Estrogen causes distribution of fat to go to the thighs, the breast, and the butt, while testosterone sends it to the belly. Our sex hormones are very powerful for impacting our weight distribution, and even small changes in our hormones can cause dramatic effects on our fat. And as we age, our cortisol levels also tend to rise because we typically have more stressors as adults than we do as adolescents. As I've mentioned before, cortisol increases your visceral fat. Number four, fat can create estrogen. What? Fat can convert androgens into estrogen using an enzyme called aromatose. Subcutaneous fat is actually the primary source of estrogen for women after menopause. Who knew? Fact number five, cue the stadium music. Y'all ready for this? Fat is a major factor in bone development. Both fat and bone are created from the same stem cells inside our bone marrow. 
How does it turn out as fat sometimes and bone at other times? Well, the environment you're in and the needs of your body will determine that. For example, people with anorexia nervosa have weaker bones because their bones are more loaded with fat, which is missing from their bodies. Their bones are more easily broken because the stem cells in their bone marrow are producing more fat in the bones because there's not enough fat on the body. Isn't that astounding? So protective. It's just amazing. Fat fact number six. Fat impacts our immune system because many immune cells, like T cells, have leptin receptors. When fat activates the immune system occasionally, that's a good thing. That's what it's designed to do. But if it's activated on a chronic basis, it creates higher amounts of these cells called macrophages, which are cells that neutralize dangerous particles. Typically, lean people have about 5% macrophage cells, but in obese people, that percentage is around 50%. The problem with them is that they create chemicals called cytokines, and those chemicals increase the risk of cardiovascular disease, insulin resistance, high blood sugar, diabetes, neuropathy, vein damage, and chronic inflammation. Fat fact number seven. Fat can make itself. Let me repeat. Fat can make itself. It wants to come back. When we lose fat, either by weight loss or liposuction, here's what you need to know. Fat can create its own blood supply to promote its own growth. This is called angiogenesis. Once our fat is gone, either by weight loss or by surgery, it often comes back. In fact, they've done studies of women who've had liposuction, and after one year, all the fat was back. But it came back in the more visceral area instead of where they had it removed, which is worse than before. The exception was women who exercised. They did have some return, but not as much, and it was more evenly distributed. Moral of the story, fat is ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Fat fact number eight. Fat can be influenced by bacteria and viruses. Studies have shown that lean people have more diversity in their gut microbiome. The less diverse your gut, the more fat accumulates. They found that the bacteria population in obese people is typically high in the microbe Firmicutes and low in Bacteroidetes, which is the opposite of what they found in lean people. All those microbes that live in your gut are actually influencing your cravings and ability to digest food. Your gut actually produces other hormones that impact your hunger, like ghrelin, which is the hormone that stimulates your appetite, as well as three other hormones that all work to inhibit hunger and feeding. Your bacteria population impacts those too. And there is actually one certain virus called AD36 that increases a person's fat. It does this by increasing uptake of glucose and converting it to fat. Basically, those people create more fat molecules because it affects the stem cells, turning them to fat instead of bone. Weird, right? Fat fact number nine. Genetics do play a role, but lifestyle matters more. We always wonder how much genetics play a part, right? Here's an analogy I learned from Dr. Tara about genetics that might help you understand. Your DNA is like a library. Your chromosomes are like the bookshelves, and the genes are like the books on the bookshelves. Each book has instructions on how to code a protein that has a specific function in your body, but not all the genes are activated, expressed is the scientific term. Just like not all books in the library are taken off the shelf, opened, or read, not all of the genes in our chromosomes are expressed. Our genes can be expressed by different cells, by different experiences in our lives, 
and by the choices of what we eat and what we do with our lives have a lot of impact on which genes are expressed and which are not. There are some ethnicities that have a slower metabolism and they need less energy on a daily basis. There are also variations in certain genes that can make people crave more high calorie foods or have less beige fat and more white fat. And there are also variants of genes that can make you more sensitive to insulin or inhibit adiponectin, which is that hormone that clears your blood. So this means that yes, genes are one factor in our weight and our health. However, our daily actions matter more like how much we eat, when we eat, what we eat, and also how much we exercise, the types of exercise, how much we sleep, and how we manage our stress. Genes can make it harder, but with physical activity, food, and lifestyle choices, we can reduce genetic predisposition by 40% or more. Again, more on this next week. And lastly, fat fact number 10, your fat is impacted by your dieting history. When we lose weight, especially by caloric deprivation, our bodies become more efficient, meaning it conserves energy at rest and during exercise. We aren't sure exactly why yet, but it could be due to several reasons. When you lose fat, you have less of it. Therefore, you're making less leptin, which is your signal to be full. When you lose weight, your thyroid hormones also decrease, as do adrenaline and noradrenaline, all of which slow down your metabolism. Your skeletal muscles also consume less energy when there's lower leptin, and your muscles are your most metabolically active tissue. If you add in hormonal decreases to the fact that the changes in your microbiome after dieting usually cause us to crave food more after weight loss, it's no wonder that people struggle to keep the weight off, right? What we need to understand is that because fat is so important to our body's function that when we lose weight, the body makes a coordinated effort to return to the previous weight by decreasing how many calories you burn. And this can last for five to six years. It's as if your fat turns into the proclaimers singing, but I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more just to be the fat that walked 1,000 miles to fall down at your door. You never knew your fat loved you so much, did you? <laughs> I say that as a joke, but I'm kind of serious. Your body is working to keep you in the comfortable place you were or you are because it knows you can survive there. Our problem is not so much that we have fat, it's that we were raised in a culture that celebrates one extreme and tells us that fat is bad, but it isn't. Fat is phenomenal. It would serve us so much more to stop resisting the fact that our bodies will have fat and start accepting that we need it. What is true is that we need to find a healthy range of fat for our optimal metabolic, mental, and physical health. And for you to maximize your long-term health, you have to understand your fat and how it works so that you can be more strategic in your efforts. Remember, your fat is fighting to stay on you and for good reason. So what are you supposed to do? I'm gonna help you with that in next week's episode, so stay tuned. If you know anyone struggling with fat loss, please do them a favor and share this episode with them. We can empower more people together. Thank you so much for listening. If you have found any value at all in this or any of my episodes, please rate, review, and share this podcast. It truly is what helps get the word out fastest. So until next week, keep practicing health every day. Bye-bye.